You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and as promised, I have a special guest back today to chat about crystal balls. We talked about, we've talked about palmistry, we've talked about tea leaves, and we told you we'd be back for this episode, so I'm going to go ahead and let him reintroduce himself and let you know where you can find him online. Hello, nice to talk to you again. <laughs> uh, my name is Calum Turner. My business is Fortune by Calum, um, and it is a fortune-telling business. That's what we love to talk about <laughs> when I come on the podcast. Um, all forms of fortune-telling and divination. Um, and I do plan on kind of moving my business away from doing readings, more to focus on teaching other people. Hopefully this podcast today can do a little bit of that. Um, yeah, that's my spiel. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited because I know, first of all, that everybody loves hearing from you and all the divination, everything that you have to offer. Uh, But I know that people were especially excited after listening to the last episode to hear about crystal balls because I have not covered that on the podcast yet. So I know that they are excited to hear from you. You know what's so funny? Like I thought, well, we're doing this episode. I might try and like look up to see if there is any like, uh, episodes out there of podcasts on crystal ball gazing or reading uh, and there just wasn't to be honest um the crystal ball itself is kind of like an iconic image of fortune telling and divination and you know psychic stuff but it is probably like the least talked about or the most niche i mean palmistry is more niche than i feel like tarot and astrology are the big ones right that people really get into um palmistry less so tea leaf reading less so i love them um crystal ball is probably I guess the most iconic, but also the most misunderstood or the least used. I think people don't really know where to go in terms of crystal ball reading or where to start, really. Um, But through trial and error, I feel like I've got a few tips and tricks that could help people (laughs) Um, and just get them in a different mindset of how how to approach it. Yeah, I think anytime it's come up, it's in episodes just about maybe scrying in general or talked about like glossed over in various divination methods. But I don't think there's very much information on going like in depth in it. So I'm excited to chat with you because I know that you have a bunch of history information too, which I love. I love the history. (laughs) Yeah. Well, scrying is kind of thought of as an an historical term, but I really, I, I see it mostly being used by sort of like modern day pagans. And I try to keep it crystal ball reading or crystal ball gazing. I do see it as a little bit different from scrying. Scrying would be the sort of practice of, I mean, you could do it with a crystal ball, you could do it with a mirror. Um, I think, you know, in the ancient days, people would have done it hydromancy. They would have gazed into rivers or lakes under the moonlight. That's quite an ancient practice, Um, you know, to induce vision or to induce idea or bring clarity of mind in some way. Um, But the crystal ball itself, it's kind of hard to pin down in terms of a, you know, here's the first crystal ball example, because it really comes from the idea that crystals or gemstones, you know, are magical. They, they're inherently um, spiritual and powerful. Um, I think with the crystal ball, probably our oldest example of it is in the 1500s. Um, the astrologer to Queen Elizabeth, actually, it was Dr. Jonathan D. He has a crystal, he had a crystal ball. And it's actually in the I think it's the British Museum now in London, somewhere like that. I've never actually been to see it. (laughs) I would love to see it. Um, But it's kind of hard to find an older example of an actual crystal ball. Side note, most crystal balls are not crystal at all. They're made of glass. So there's that. Um, And I do feel like that actually works better. You know, some people might want to splash out hundreds or thousands on a real crystal 
quartz ball or whatever. Um, but I actually feel like glass in itself has has a few things that crystals do not in terms of being a reflective surface, right? And that's all you really need to do scrying um, as a reflective surface that you can gaze upon. With crystal ball reading, I think it's a little bit different. Um, I always liken, and I always like to use the crystal ball around the full moon or the new moon, because um, they share a lot of similarities, you know, both associated with divination. They're both these circular um, reflective surfaces that bring things to light. So it's a fascinating form of divination, but it's also incredibly unpopular. <laughs> I think because people don't go about it the right way. They're kind of staring at the ball, almost like in a Wizard of Oz kind of way. You know, when the uh, the Witch of the West or whatever, she appears in this big crystal ball. It's really not like a television screen at all, but that is how it's kind of um, seen in media and television, especially. Um, it's just not accurate to the reality of it. I think that's probably true. I think people are looking for an image to pop up like they see in the movies. Definitely. And I mean, I am not really into reading books a lot. I think I've I've had like a couple of um, books on crystal ball reading, but I was kind of reading them and I thought, no, <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, do it for 20 minutes at a time and see what pops up. I'm like, you don't need 20 minutes. Like it's already there. You just have to learn. It's more learning how to see or how to visualize. Most people, when they use a crystal ball or try to, they're staring at it, but they should be gazing. And the differences are subtle. Staring is really focused on something as if you're waiting for it to appear, as if you're waiting for a car to come around the corner. Gazing would be more like looking at what's there already in a relaxed way and kind of piecing together what's there. Um, there are several different ways of using the crystal ball. And I think people are kind of seeing it more as clairvoyance, the kind of clear seeing, you know, where you're having a psychic vision into the crystal. Um, and you might have that, you know, you might get an image pop up in mind, you might actually see something manifest in the crystal. It can come a lot of different other ways. And I didn't really understand this. I always thought that I could not hear spirit when I was uh, starting out in business. I thought I'm just not a medium. I'm just not a spiritualist. And I still wouldn't call myself that. But crystal balls kind of brought me closer to spirit in the sense that you have to learn how to hear things in a vibrational sense rather than a human language sense. <laughs> um, that would be another form of clear audience or even clear sentience, you know, just getting feelings um, from the crystal. It's this circular reflective surface. Um, so it's going to open up energies around you. Yeah. And I think people struggle with that and a lot of other divination techniques um, because a lot is left up to interpretation when you are working with a crystal ball. Definitely, definitely. So with tarot cards, you pull, you know, the 10 of swords, you know, it's an awful card. Even with um, palmistry lines, you know, you might not know if you haven't been educated in palmistry, but there's still something physical there to look at. What I would say when you're looking at the crystal ball, try to think of it, you know, I've never really done it, but I've seen it like on TV shows and stuff. You know, when someone goes to a therapist and they kind of show them these abstract images and it's really just a blob, <laughs> right. but then the person will kind of project what they think that blob looks like. Oh, well, it looks like two people, you know, facing each other um, or something like that. It's more like that, I would say. Um, you know, you might see colors in the crystal. You might see shapes. You might see numbers, letters, but it's not going to be like a physical form it's going to be made up of either whatever lightings around you or what you can kind of get in your own imagination which is very connected to intuition people will say it's all in your head but yes that is both where they reside <laughs> yes I mean it is all in, it, it's hard for people to trust that when it is you know all in your head 
Definitely. I mean, there is a fine line between imagination and intuition because in a way they're both, um, they're both creative, I guess you could say, but imagination is more like you're conjuring it, you know, out of nothing. Um, Intuition is kind of just following what's there and using your imagination to decipher it. So it's not so much creation, but you are still, you know, using a creative or imaginative muscle to intuit something with the crystal ball anyway. Um, Because if you see something in the crystal, let's say it is a color. Some colors are interpreted more widely than others. I feel like the color gold is pretty universal, right? Because of gold, it's money, it's finances. So if you see that in the crystal, it's probably positive for that. I remember reading a book on not so much crystal ball reading, but it was an old book on a gemstone reading. And it was saying something like, if you draw a red crystal, um, if you choose a red crystal out of a bag of crystals, it's good for your health. It shows strength. And I just thought, no, it doesn't. (laughs) It definitely does not mean that. To me, it means danger. Red is a warning. Um, If I likened it to health, I would liken it to anger and blood and, you know, maybe high blood pressure or something. Not that I would do that with a crystal, but... um, People have different sort of interpretations for colors, symbols. It's the language of symbology again. So there's no little white book with your tarot cards that will give you a list of interpretations. It has to be personal to you with crystal reading. And it's the same with tea leaves or dreams as well. Um, It's more down to the person rather than a structured system, say like tarot or astrology. And that's why it's harder for people to master because they have to trust their own intuition but also you have to be schooled in symbology i mean i do readings like every day so i see symbology everywhere i'm constantly reading everything which i don't recommend it's just hard to turn off um but if you're kind of stuck in like a tarot deck or an astrology system you know you're needing that structure it's harder for you to trust yourself that what you're seeing or perceiving i should say rather than seeing uh when you're gazing in a crystal is correct or accurate or to know what it means yeah. And that's something that comes with practice because that's even myself is not something that I'm much better at tarot and having instructions and a, and a book to follow along with, um, rather than figuring out you know how I feel about different symbols and learning to trust myself. But it is something that comes with time. I've gotten better at it, but I still wouldn't say I'm great. You'd be quite surprised at yourself um, if you go about using the crystal the right way. So again, it goes back to the staring versus gazing. <laughs> what are you doing when you're looking at it? I would say um, choose a crystal that feels right for you. I actually think the clearer the crystal, the less, uh, the harder it is to read. I like sort of glass crystal balls that um, kind of look a little blurry when you look into them. It's not giving you a direct reflection of yourself, but it's kind of like uh, giving you a mess of color and shape <laughs> based on your environment. Um, it is a good idea to hold the crystal ball in your hands when, you, when you're reading it, whether it's for you, put it in your own hands um, or someone else, you know, if you're reading it for them, that is a big tradition among crystal ball readers, even though they're few and far between right now um not just because the mirror is uh the crystal is like a mirror of energy so it's going to pick up on that person's energy but also just because your palms are kind of neutral in terms of color right you don't want uh my lounge my living room is kind of red it's bright red so i'm not going to have the crystal ball like sitting up against the wall and read it because i'm all, all i'm going to see is red you know so it's about neutralizing uh the reflection in the ball as well that's helpful that makes sense 
there are a few more niche uses of crystal ball as well. And I'm not really into this. I think you see it a lot with like Eastern European uh, kind of witchcraft stuff like that. There's a big tradition of using the crystal ball for witchcraft as well. And again, I only really use it for readings. Um, but people just believe that it brings good luck. They'll use it in different kinds of ritual. Um, there's also an organization. I think they're actually a church. They're called the Crystal Silence League. Um, and they kind of use the crystal to project healing throughout the world right because it's not really in one direction the crystal ball it's circular so it's going in all directions um so if you're charging energy into that and then releasing it it's just going to go everywhere i think they also use the crystal ball for um telepathy you know communicating messages between people which again kind of really bleeds into the the psychic realm i would say that the crystal ball is probably what's the word it's probably the most psychically driven <laughs> of all divination or fortune telling methods um, because you're really just going on what's in your mind and what your mind's eye is perceiving rather than something again like a tarot card in front of you I would agree with that I think that's why people shy away from crystal balls in particular definitely but also just because it's kind of been I guess joked around um, in terms of you know society and media portrayal like people say oh well I don't have a crystal ball like that that kind of stuff um I don't think it has the same academia behind it that astrology does or the same traditions behind it that tarot does kind of things like that it, it really is a little bit more unique but I mean all cultures across the world have said to um you know use the crystal ball in some way a lot of anthropologists say that it started with the druids here in britain and i do think it's likely that it started in britain as an actual physical ball crystal um or glass whatever um but people have been doing it all over the world um you know hydromancy scrying in a mirror uh looking into flowing rivers things like that this would have been done everywhere from you know greece to india essentially um so the interpretations are going to be very individual as well, based on the culture, like a lot of systems in divination. Yeah, I love all the history behind that. It's always so interesting to me to see how many different cultures came up with something, similar ideas. Yeah, um, similar ideas. Never contact with each other. I think that's always fascinating. Exactly. I mean, I think probably, you know, the ancient world did have more contact than we were probably aware of, but a lot of the time there wasn't. Um, but it's interesting how every culture has sort of gravitated towards divination and seeing reflection itself. I know I was talking about I don't really enjoy crystal balls that have a clear reflection. I like it sort of blurry because that, you know, kind of induces more shapes and symbols and colors for me. Um, but anything with uh, reflection, whether it be a lake, or a mirror people have always kind of seen that as being very spiritual you know how am I seeing myself obviously today in the modern world we're not really fascinated by that it's just a given um, but to me it still is fascinating in a way um, and you can imagine you know centuries ago if someone never had a mirror and their reflection wasn't normalized to them you know if they went to a natural body of water that had all this folklore around it and they could see themselves in the water you would understand why they would liken that to a sort of spirit world or another world or a portal even a lot of people would call that a portal um, and I do think the crystal ball can be that as well it really can sort of channel different energies but again it is also partially down to what you perceive and interpret those energies to be so for you or somebody starting out with this what kind of information would you be getting from a crystal ball what are you kind of asking it so 
I don't really go in with a question. <laughs> I do prefer like something like tarot cards for that, or even a even a pendulum, like a crystal pendulum. That's good for sort of uh, asking questions. I would look at it just as a sort of quick method of exercising your psychic muscle, or even doing a quick reading. Um, it's not really something that I would be looking. You know, I don't recommend staring into the crystal ball for half an hour to an hour. I think it's more subtle than that. I think the the visions or the images they come quicker um and it's kind of the case like we were talking about in a previous episode with lenormand cards sometimes it can be literal <laughs> sometimes it's going to be symbolic so i remember one day i was working in a mind body spirit shop doing readings and i don't do it there anymore but this lady older lady i would say she was in her late 60s she came to see me and she actually came for a palm reading Remind me to tell you how Crystal Ball can assist you in that, because it can. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But she came for a palm reading and we did it. And it was a pretty negative palm reading. Uh, not the palmistry is negative, but it just it looked like she was in poor health from her hands and she was retired and there wasn't a lot going on in her life. Um, but she saw that I had a crystal ball there and she was like, oh, do you read that as well? I was like, yeah, sometimes. Um, and we were nearing the end of the reading. So it was really just, you know, a couple minutes. Um, but I put the crystal on her hand and I kind of looked at it and I saw the color pink. And when I say I've seen the color pink, I don't I don't mean from her hands. <laughs> I don't mean like a pink cloud appeared in the crystal, although some people do say it comes as clouds to them. To me, it's it's a non-physical thing that I'm seeing and it's very hard to describe. <laughs> um, but it's an idea that you get that you've seen it there. And to me, the color pink, I think to a lot of people, the color pink is symbolic of romance. You know, it's a loving color. It's kind of like a peaceful one. Um, and so I said that to her. I was like, I'm seeing a lot of pink in the crystal. You know, it's probably going to be, you know, romance in there. And she kind of gave me a funny look. And I was like, oh, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe she's divorced or something. And the next thing that I saw, this is what I want people to realize, it doesn't have to be in your imagination either. It can be a shape or a symbol that comes as a result of the lighting and shapes in your room, which are not really staying still if you're sort of looking around the crystal. But I saw a shape and it kind of looked like the letter R, but not a capital R, like a small R. I was a little bit hesitant though. I was like, is it an R or is it a scythe? Like that's quite a common symbol in divination. It's in the death card, you know, the Lenormand cards have a scythe as well. So I told her, I was like, I'm not sure what this is. It kind of looks like the letter R, but it's also a scythe, I think anyway. Because um, sometimes symbols can have two meanings and that adds an extra layer to the reading. Um, and she wasn't sure what a scythe was. <laughs> so I pulled out the death card and I was like, well, it's this. And she was like, oh, the death card. Um, and the way that it was kind of relevant to her, because she was thinking about this the whole reading, I think she actually thought that I was like a spiritualist or something. Um, she'd lost her husband, I think a couple years before that, her husband whose name was Richard, right? <laughs> so there's well, the R. Um, the scythe, I guess, would have came in as literal, you know, more that death card kind of interpretation with it. So dead husband, Richard, what was the other thing? The other thing was the color pink. Now I interpreted that as romance, she interpreted it as his favorite tie that he was buried in was pink, like a salmon color. <laughs> so I was like, that's pretty wild. But also I probably wouldn't have gotten there. You know, I was only getting the symbols. I wasn't getting her husband's name. I was only getting potentially the letter R, which might have been a sight as well, which happens to be a symbol for, um, you know, the Grim Reaper, basically. Um, so it was nice that we could kind of like work on that prediction together. And again, I don't go in with an intention with the crystal ball. 
And I never intentionally like give mediumship or spirit readings because I'm just more of like a fortune teller. But because she had that in mind and she was holding this crystal ball in her hand, you know, I've no doubt that that kind of probably projected that there. And that's what I was picking up on the bits and pieces, which she was then helped me kind of put together like a puzzle piece to make a picture of a message that she needed, I guess. So that was pretty cool. It is really cool. I love when things come together like that. It's so interesting. It's it's almost um, an extra skill as well. If you can, it's not going to happen all the time, but I'm just trying to think of another time where something had a double meaning, like the letter R. So again, if you're seeing colors in the crystal, which, you know, I would say that's probably the easiest thing to see and interpret if you're a little unsure of shapes or symbology, colors a little bit of an easier place to start because that's kind of primal for us, basically. Um, but if you're a tarot reader and let's say you see the, le- uh, the color blue in the crystal, you might think, OK, well, blue is water. So, you know, this is the suit of cups, it's emotions, it's psychic ability. And it can be, but it could also be literal water. I remember I was reading for a lady one day um, and she wanted the crystal ball as well, but I wasn't really keen. Um, And all I was seeing was blue. (laughs) Uh, So I told her that and I went back and I was just continually seeing blue and kind of staring at it for a minute. Um, And then I just had a thought of her kind of like traveling over a body of water. So I just said that and she said, yeah, well, I came from Fife, which is (laughs) like a city north of us. And you do have to kind of travel over um, the Firth of Forth, like a small bit of the ocean, essentially, um, to get there so that was quite literal and relevant to her on the day and people might be thinking you know well maybe you picked up her accent subconsciously that she's from there but she was from England (laughs) and I didn't know that she was living in Fife and she just migrated there so it can be literal or it can be symbolic I think a lot of tarot readers or psychics will get stuck on the symbolic thing rather than realize it can be literal as well oh yeah that makes sense my auntie once told me because she has like an antique crystal wall and she doesn't read it. Um, she her grandmother, it was her grandmother's crystal wall and she keeps it near her bed because she feels like it gives her psychic dreams. <laughs> she feels like Ooh. it brings her good luck. Um, but when she was a young lady um, and she was getting her grandmother to read the crystal ball for her, um, she had a bit of a different method going about it. She would roll the ball between her hands um, to kind of almost induce like a sort of, not a trance state, but to, to make movement in the ball essentially and to kind of get images or ideas from that. Um, and she described a physical man. She was like, okay, this guy's really tall. He's got kind of like black hair, it's slicked back. He's in a suit. He seems like he really loves himself. <laughs> and she was describing like the physicality of her future husband who she didn't meet for some years um but she always remembered that because she kind of got stuck on looking for someone um that looked like that essentially (laughs) and people might say you know that's the that's the self-manifesting prophecy um you know I kind of go back and forth on that one I think we make our own future ourselves anyway yeah I agree with that (laughs) (laughs) so have you ever tried reading a crystal ball have you ever um do you own one I I have and I do mine is it's a smaller one um and it's black why do I always want to say onyx it's not onyx it's obsidian obsidian yeah I always say it wrong. I'm like always onyx but it's not onyx it's the wrong one obsidian Either would work. it's so pretty I would, I would recommend going for I mean again quartz is very expensive and most crystal balls that are produced are glass and it doesn't really matter if it's a crystal or not it's still a mirror <laughs> you know what I mean it's still that shape it's still uh designed for the same 
purpose. But if you are starting out, if anyone out there is starting out, you do not need to buy like a giant expensive crystal ball. You can buy a small handheld one. Um, I'm not really great with sizings or numbers, but literally one that fits comfortably, you know, in the palm of your hand is ideal. Because if it's too big, you're not really going to know where to go with it. If um, You might get overwhelmed by the size and where to look. If it's smaller, you can kind of relax more and it's focused in a smaller space. So you're more likely to pick up on an energy, an idea, an image, a symbol, color, whatever it is. And they really can be quite expensive, especially you start getting bigger. That's that's a lot of money you're talking. Yeah, I love um, antiques, so <laughs> and they're pretty expensive. Oh. I've actually got the the phone that I'm on right now, just resting on this gorgeous um, crystal ball. It's on like a brass stand. It's vintage, and the stand has I would say they're angels on them because they're wings, but they're kind of done in the uh, style the same style of sirens you know when you see those in the front of the ships and they're kind of um, you know breasts exposed and very beautiful um, it's like that but they're little angels holding up this crystal ball and I got this for a bargain in an antique store <laughs> oh. so lucky on that one. Oh, that's nice so you don't need an antique the... any any crystal yeah. ball <laughs> yeah absolutely. well with the upcoming the holidays, Halloween, Samhain, do you personally mm -hmm. put any stock in this time of year and these particular holidays being a better time for divination, a good time for crystal balls? Because they are popping up everywhere for, I mean, all over the place. We talked before we started recording this, that you are seeing you know the they're in stores the halloween decoration <laughs> yeah so is this yeah. like a good time do you put any stock in that that like this is a good time to start divination or to practice your skills definitely i mean i think go for it anytime i personally just like to use it around the full moon or the new moon just because i feel like there's more energy going around and i'm i'm in that more kind of like intuitive space where it can just come to mind rather than like reading you know a hand or deck of cards or whatever um i think halloween's a good time to get into it because scorpio time uh scorpio season rather is just such a time of I guess you could say introversion, but it, it's it's a highly charged time, <laughs> we shall say, especially <laughs> around Samhain, around Halloween. Um, a lot of traditions, you know, are kind of based around that for scrying. I think Halloween is more of like a mirror kind of scrying time. Um, but crystal balls, good to go at any time, especially Halloween. <laughs> I agree. I like divination at this time of year. I know some people are like, oh, the veil is always thin. It's a veil. Like, I don't know if you're trying to contact the spirit world no, and have them you know, assist you. The veil it's is not always thin. thin. Like... <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's thin right now. I mean, we're in Virgo season. It's kind of retrograde season. So there's a lot of shit going on, but I wouldn't describe the veil as being thin right now. Um, there are other times of year where I would, but um, try to be, I want people to be creative about the crystal ball as well. I mean, I have actually found it beneficial as a palmist with the crystal ball. <laughs> Sometimes if I'm, if someone wants a crystal ball reading, cause they'll just see it there and they'll be like, you know, can you do that for me or whatever? Um, sometimes I'm not getting anything, you know, right away. And rather than like having this person stare at me and me saying nothing for minutes, <laughs> because their ball is in their hands, I'm going to see something in their hands magnified. So I might see their heart line amplified and I'll know that I'm talking about, you know, love, or I might see um, a cross in their hand kind of amplified and I'll think, well, where is that? And what does that mean? Um, so it can just be a magnifier for what you, you know, are reading in the palm, essentially different palmistry lines. Oh, that's such a great way to be able to combine them together. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't recommend that you do that, especially if you're starting out because combining yeah, if you're a beginner, domain, that's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, it's just easy for me. But I mean, if you are already a palm reader and you want to take up crystal ball, but you're nervous that you're not going to be able to like do it at the drop of a hat and you don't want that person, you know, sitting there for however many minutes staring at you, making you nervous, often just having something initially to help you start talking gets the flow going. It gets the intuition moving. Um, So you might start on, oh, that's a heart line. Um, you know, so we're going to be talking about your love life what else do I see I see you know a shape of a window or something like that it will kind of lead on to other things um but it's just good to have that there instantly and you might find that it's super relevant I remember one time I saw someone's health line and again we're not doctors are we <laughs> definitely not in the spiritual field but lifeline healthline you know these are all traditional parts of palmistry and i just saw someone's healthline come up immediately and it looked like very sporadic and just instantly even though i wasn't kind of comparing it with a shape of hand which is really what you do in palmistry to make those kind of predictions i just instantly got the idea that they were a very like nervous person that was going to cause like a certain kind of problem in their life um so it was almost like the the line told me what it was but then the crystal gave me sort of extra intuition to add detail to that if that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it might be a good idea for people just to start studying symbology anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like people can read the symbols in their everyday life. It's a little harder to go to the crystal ball if you don't have that natural mindset where you can intuit things symbolically um, or have like a good background in sort of folklore or, you know, just kind of like creative association, I guess you could call it. Yeah, and that you know, comes with study and practice, but at the same time, you, there aren't an infinite number of symbols that are going to come up. You're going to kind of get similar ones. Um, especially if you're doing your own reading for your own life, you get kind of the same things coming up in the, like over you would be again. surprised you would be surprised I don't agree really <laughs> I don't want people to get stuck in the same thing so for me I get stuck sometimes in divination just focusing on fish like fish card fish symbol fish tea leaf whatever it's because of my Pisces and I try not to like overly read it because it's just like a strong energy and it's reflecting that but I will be doing, say, like tea leaf reading for myself or even the crystal ball as well. And I will see something and I'm like, OK, I don't know what alligator symbolism is because <laughs> I don't encounter alligators in my day to day life. Your knowledge of symbology will probably be based on your surroundings. But don't like think that something totally random won't come in there and perplex you because it will. <laughs> and that's your opportunity to think about, well, you know, is it an animal? Well, alligators are predatory, so this probably isn't a good energy. Do you know what I mean? Like you're going to have to like think about it again creatively, but then maybe do a bit of research. You know, what is the traditional symbolism of alligator or something random that pops in there? <laughs> I feel like my you're never going to have all the answers when it comes to symbology, but any symbol can hit you. Um, Oh yeah, never. I, when it comes like, to things. I have some like weird ones that will come up sometimes, but I feel like I get like the same ones a lot. <laughs> like I get cats all the time. Like cats come up. Oh, I can't even tell you like all the time. I just, and sometimes I just have to like ignore them and see what else is there. Cause like cats come up everywhere. Like where do you I, see them? Is it like in a, is it crystal or dream or tea leaves? Like where um, do you get Dreams, them? tea leaves. Sometimes when I do crystals, um, you know, like I'll get, an image in my mind like all of a sudden cats like the first thing that I mm -hmm. think of, and it's just 
cats all the time cats <laughs> so, so, so sometimes i'm like okay a specific animal and i'm not just saying this because of the witch wednesdays but because it's quite a specific animal and it's showing up multiple times across the board that's probably not a symbol for reading that's probably a spirit guide um, which is another thing that can come in crystal balls, it can come in tea leaves, it can come in cards even, um, especially with animals for witches, <laughs> and of course especially cats, that can come in as a familiar spirit, essentially, um, rather than a symbol of here's your prediction, you know, for the future. Yeah, I wonder if it is, because it's always like the same cat. I'd say definitely. <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to have to like, okay, now we're going to have to have an episode on spirit familiars. <laughs> I don't mean to be like new agey about it, but I'm looking at the clock and it's 7.36 and I'm looking at my uh, percentage on my phone, which is also 36. So <laughs> looking at that number and it's probably a yes is what we're saying. <laughs> oh man, there's, there it is. Uh, now, now we're gonna. Now I'm gonna have to deep dive into my spirit familiar. That's and, helpful uh, as well. I mean, I always uh, before the start of any reading, where it be crystal ball, tarot cards, palm reading, not so much astrology. I probably should call it in, but I always call in spirit before I do it, even though I don't consider myself a medium or a spiritualist. Sometimes that can happen, but spirit's always going to kind of guide your intuition, the energies that are around you, and you want those to be favorable. Um, and cats are, of course, very instinctive. They represent intuition and cunningness, not. So so much in the same way that foxes do i feel like they've got a more kind of witchy association with them um but yeah work with that <laughs> interesting there's my next uh, deep dive for the season yeah it'll be, it'll be my animal familiar my spirit guides <laughs> oh god well thank you so much for being here again and sharing a whole new topic with us you always have such great insight i appreciate it Thanks for having me. I hope that this inspires people to take up Crystal Ball. And if you are listening and thinking about it, again, don't get overwhelmed. Like you're not needing to stare at this for 10 minutes. It's something that is there already. You're just learning how to see it. You're learning how to relax your eyes, how to gaze, how to just kind of go into that intuition state but again remember that it's sort of linked to imagination and don't doubt yourself like oh is that just my imagination because they're the same space it's all in your head anyway <laughs> psychic abilities <laughs> in there along with that <laughs> absolutely well thank you again and we really appreciate you being here listeners i as always i will have everything linked so if you want to check out more about what we talked about and find all the social media links and everything i will have all of that over in the show notes at whichwednesdays.com and that is everything that I have for you this week. I will see you all next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.